Blog Talk Radio. And now, it's time for Healing from Within with your host, Tony Valen. I'm your host, Tony Valen. You can contact me, Tony, at TonyValen.com, or visit our website, HealingFromWithin.net. Follow the show on Twitter, at TVHFW. The show is also available on iTunes and YouTube. Just search Healing From Within with Tony Valen, or look for the Tony Valen channel on YouTube. Joining us on today's show is Diane Collins. Diane is an original thinker, media personality, visionary, creator of Quantum Think, leading authority in New World View Thinking author of a six-time award-winning bestseller, Do You Quantum Think? You can learn more about Diane Collins by going to diannecollins.com, like Do You Quantum Think on Facebook, and follow at Diane Collins on Twitter. Diane, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Tony. It's such a pleasure to be with you. It's a wonderful pleasure to talk to you. I'm so excited because I'm, I read your book, and I'm very, very curious and have so many questions. <laughs> okay, great. My okay. first question is, as always, to all my guests, what are your gifts and how did your journey begin? Well, my gift, uh, you know, the first gift really is the gift of questioning because that's how I remember being four years old and questioning you know, the big questions. What is life? What is existence? What am I doing here? And which I know all of us have, but at another level that I do have a strong psychic ability and uh, intuitive sense of life. And in particular, because I meet a lot of different professional psychics, you know, I kind Mm -hmm. of draw that into my energy field, Tony, uh, through my life. As I say, I could be standing on a street corner in another country or, you know, in the grocery (laughs) line and somebody will come up to me and they're a psychic or they're an intuitive and I just, that's who I attract. And I'm sure I've been that as a profession in my past life because I also, um, I'm an avid student of astrology for many years, but what I was going to say about what are the gifts is that I know from knowing so many intuitives and psychics, as you know, being one professional, that everyone's gifts comes through in a slightly different way. And I have the gift of being able to see and it's not like a clear picture but i can see what someone's future development in their uh let's say their something like their career how they're going to be expressing 
their purpose with a capital P. And I can always see them bigger than they see themselves in the mo- in the moment. And I know that that's what they're here for. I know that they're here to unfold that way. So my psychic gift, I use it, uh, you know, we, we have consulting clients. I say we, my husband is my partner, Alan Collins, master quantum thing coach, and in everything in life partner. Mm-hmm. But we, when we consult um, private clients and uh, corporate executives, entrepreneurs, housewives, celebrities, all of the above, but students we've worked with, and when I'm, I always look up uh, the astrological chart of the client if they're if they're willing (laughs) and you know these are people who are not necessarily into what you you know on the track that you and i are and i can i call it a psychic science Mm -hmm. and uh i that's how i work with it is that i can look at the chart and i have a teacher who i study with uh, she makes recordings of all the significant planetary aspects. And so I listen to that, and I, I like this teacher so much because always talking about the transiting planets and how what the energy cycles are of the time and how the overlap and, you know, the 248-year cycle of Pluto and this cycle and the moon cycle. And so I have the background knowledge always of where we should be focusing our energies. So I'm able to look at someone's natal chart, which I'm not a professional astrologer and I'm not a book astrologer, but I can just see it. I can feel the energy of it and how it relates to the energy of the time. And um, and I can see the bigger picture, like being able to put together, which you read my book so you know, but so many details of how has have we as a humanity developed especially in consciousness how does that play out how does that outpicture in the world and my quest has been to how do we have how do we go from merely knowing the wisdom available at 6,000 years or more at the touch of a of a smartphone, how do we go from just knowing it to actually living it? So that's really me. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. So uh, let me ask you, so when you see someone uh, and you see their purpose, is this before you do the charts? In other words, are you getting this clairvoyantly and psychically and you can pretty much tell where this person's strengths are? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I introduced you as a six-time award-winning best-selling author. Your book is called Do You Quantum Think? Generally, what is the book about and why did you write it? The book is about being able to literally take a quantum leap in consciousness and start to look and live and think from the more expanded worldview. And what that means very simply, you know, worldview, what we believe to be true about the nature of reality and how it works. And so... We, you know, a lot of people know form follows thought. As you think, so you become. The Buddha said all that we are is a result of what we have thought. It's in the Upanishads of the ancient Vedic scriptures. It's in the Bible. It's been said by many, uh, you know, literary people. And so we all have a sense. 
that our patterns of thinking give rise to our experience, therefore what we resonate. It gives rise to our actions and therefore all of our results, interstate, relational results, communications with others, and outer results, houses, money, and cars. So what I wanted to know is all you had to do is change your thought to change the world (laughs) or my life. Why does it still look the way it does? Why it didn't seem to be, you know, why isn't it working if that's how it works? And so I discovered, and this is what is what my book distinguishes, that we're in a quantum age. We have the expansive knowledge of what it means to live in a universe of whole systems, in a universe of multi-dimensions. Yet, as a humanity, for the past 400 years, we have been conditioned by the industrial age worldview, and this is what our institutions are born of, and that said, only physical matter is real. What you can glean with your ordinary five senses, they had spirit on the side, and I say, you know, a, a classical, mechanical, that was the age, worldview sandwich, mm-hmm. I'll take matter sliced, you know, divide up, you know, into the circumstances, how do these parts work, and mechanical, gave rise to machines, the industrial age, mm-hmm. and, you know, keep the spirit on the side and hold the soul, so we were never really, you know, too open about those conversations, and then when you look at metaphysics, and you think, well, why does it seem alternative? Why do we call it alternative? Why do people call it woo-woo? Because (laughs) as a humanity, right, our thinking container is one-dimensional. Now, even those of us on a conscious path or metaphysicians, even those of us who are in this conversation right now, we have been conditioned to think. It's silent in the background. It's not even like we're choosing it, Tony. It's like... You know, in the step-by-step, linear pathway, how do I get to change my circumstances? Press on that and that moves. Or we have automatic thoughts, you know, mechanical. In many ways, we became mechanical, too, in the way our patterns of thinking go. And so what do you quantum think? The book is to say it's in two parts. Part one, wake up. Why should we quantum think? I'm a maverick. Right. Okay, like, give me, <laughs> give me a good reason. I think I'm fine. Thank you very much. And it's, you know, I'm looking at what's our situation of humanity is that we know what to do, but we still are not getting along. You look in the headlines, it's still dismal. And then you, you know, look at what is the nature of mind? What is the nature of mastery? What is the nature of wisdom? What is the nature of light? And this is, what are the stories that we live with throughout the ages? And how do we make that leap? And then part So that's really the reason, you know, why should we quantum think? We're in a different age, a different time, and we need to get our, you know, in tune to get our thinking in the largest sense in sync with the way nature actually works rather than the way it doesn't. That old worldview I lovingly call a genius worldview that gave rise to machines, but very, very limited model of reality. And to be able to take that leap, and so part two is, hi, guess what? You can quantum think right now because here's the system. And I put together the 21 principles and practices for the mind and awareness that are based 
in cutting-edge science, let's call it quantum for short. I'm not a scientist, but I have studied uh, assiduously the principles. And merging and now proving uh, the spiritual wisdom that is common to all mastery traditions. And my little part is making it practical and integrated in us in everyday life. So that's the idea. That's I wrote the book so that we could go from knowing the wisdom or maybe even a little limited in our knowledge to actually living it. So it's a reminder. It's like this is how it works. You connect to your own awareness as you read. So as you're reading, and I'd like to know, Tony, whether you experienced this, because you said you read it, of course, uh, that... I'm not telling people something you don't already know at some level of your being or in some way are connected to it because we're all in this giant, right, intelligent, energy, conscious field that we're surrounded by and part and parcel of. So we can connect like the Internet into any aspect. That's how psychic ability works, right? You're connecting in to where whatever those coordinates are. And so what... What I was saying is that, what was I saying? <laughs> is that as you read, you're connecting to that wisdom, that knowledge, that intelligence that is already a part of you. And you're bringing it into your present moment awareness in such a way that you're actually giving yourself an experience of it in your awareness, and experience integrates. So that's the intent of the book. It's not information. You know, it's not, I know you're going to ask me about the know-it-alls, but it's not information like, oh, here's more information. Let me tell what did she say? Right. (laughs) You know, no, it's you have, you give yourself an experience, and then it becomes natural. So it's like a vortex. Absolutely. And I I have to tell you, what I got out of your book is, first of all, uh, you put metaphysics and all that woo-woo stuff into layman's terms, reality in today's world, um, so that people can relate to it. That was the first thing I got out of the book. And then the second thing I got out of it was just uh, that, why is it something so simple? Why do we make something so hard when it's really so simple? (laughs) Right. You know. Well... Yeah, that it's a good that that the, and this is really where you know this distinguishing of the old world view that shaped our thinking, the new world view that we can proactively shape our thinking from this quantum world view, what I call the new world view, mm-hmm. because we it's not like we're at choice making it hard. We just are operating. From a context that has limited us. That's how I look at it. Yeah. And let me ask you something, and, and uh, I don't know if this is a question you want to uh, answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway because it, it, in my mind, I keep hearing quantum physics. Is it directly related to quantum thinking? And explain how that would be related. You mean is quantum physics directly Related? Yeah, yeah. Or the other way around? Oh, well, tomato, tomato. Either way, because the thing about it is that quantum physics seems to be like the catchphrase for many people. And I wanted them to kind of make the connection between quantum thinking and quantum physics. Or Well, quantum see, quantum physics 
is a new model of reality. Mm. So you could say that in the classical physics, as it was known, that 17th century rational, the beginning of rational science, there was science before that, you know, Leonardo and, yeah. you know, many different. But let's just say in modern times, right, mm. um, that it was called classical physics, and as I said, they had a model of reality. You know, they were studying, this is what physicists do. What is the nature of reality and how does it work? What is it made of? You know, how does it work? And so they were studying what we call physical matter. And that was really the whole orientation. And it's probably why they call it physics, but right. anyway. It was physical matter only, you know, that what we would say, if you're looking fully dimensionally, then you realize that, and then, okay, but then what happened? Einstein came along, right? And, you know, they through the ages, and I don't know all the science specifically, I have studied it to a great deal, but as I said, I'm not a scientist, but... Mm-hmm. You know, then they started to learn about electricity and electrical, you know, electromagnetism and different things. So it developed. But what happened with Einstein is that, you know, I say in my book, why was Einstein named the person of the century by Time magazine, you know, at the turn of the of the millennium and the century? Because, and over such greats such as Mother Teresa or, you know, Gandhi, because he, his discovery literally changed the whole way that we look at the nature of reality. So E equals MC squared, I mean, I'm no expert. He, But it's that energy and matter are controvertible. Matter is energy. So physical matter is very dense ultra, ultra slow moving energy mm-hmm. that we, because of our human, you know, this is the, this is on earth, the reality we live in is the, you know, the physical dimension among the other dimensions, but that we perceive it with our human perceptual apparatus, we perceive it as hard because that's how we survive and that's how we live in this world. Some say it's a hologram, but, you know, it probably right. is. But we perceive it that way. So we perceive it as hard. But the quantum science then discovered with the, you know, the greater technologies that, wait a minute, when you look under a high-powered microscope, what you're seeing is mostly empty space. There's a tiny, tiny, tiny little bit of matter, which is energy. There's both in the same. And so when you ask this question, what is quantum thinking and how are they related quantum thinking and quantum physics and why is everybody talking about quantum this and quantum that right mm-hmm. <laughs> quantum healing and uh, all the all the strict scientists get very upset yeah. of you know all of us using quantum principles that i say to them that's ridiculous because if you can't apply the science what good is the science if you can't apply it to human anyway mm-hmm. that's another topic. So when you look at this quantum thinking and quantum physics, quantum thinking, since the world view, which comes to us mostly by science, you know, also theologians and other great thinkers, but let's say the one that comes to us by science has shaped the way we think, and I can give an example of how it works with the term quantum leap, but 
and then you look at well what what's quantum quantum physics was a leap in the scientific paradigm in the model of reality oh we used to think of it as the universe is like a giant machine press on this and that moves cause and effect oh no wait a minute it's really more like a giant mind so this is the heart of the shift in science is that it went from looking at it as a machine-like universe and it still is in one dimension like that to a mind-like what's more fundamental is wait it's not parts it's whole systems it's not linear it's quantum effects it's field effects it's not cause and effect it's field effects it's and guess what there's no external out there out there as my friend mentor in quantum physics and who wrote the forward to my book dr fred allen Walsh, theoretical mm-hmm. quantum physicist one of the brilliant minds on the planet, and he says it like this, there ain't no out there, out there, you know, because everything exists in the field of our own awareness, you know, the spiritual wisdom, they said the world exists on the screen of your own consciousness, and the science says, the quantum science says that we live in an observer-created reality. That's the quantum thing principle. That was that mean. This is so important, Tony. Yeah. The observer effect. This is t- entirely different than classical physics. Classical physics saw the world out there, separate from us. We look separate from each other. We look different. You know, why is it people are trashing the earth? Why is it we have bigotry? Why do we have all this prejudice and everything? Maybe because we're conditioned to see things as separate and different. We're not relating like, wait a minute, we're the organisms on the earth. The earth is our host. Uh, we're alive because we're the organism, uh, you know, on the earth. Where, like, just like we have forty thousand organisms, you know, living on our human body, we're the host, or we're the host keeping that alive. So, because we, the classics saw it as separate, and the quantum worldview sees it as connected. There are distinctions in the physical dimension, but no actual separation. Mm. And we are connected and in a constant exchange of energy intelligence through these invisible fields. And not only that, you know, I thoroughly thought about this. Even in the physical, there's no separation because we're breathing in oxygen and we're breathing out carbon dioxide, right? Mm -hmm. And with the plants, and there's that exchange on a, even on a physical level, but it's it's uh, invisible. So we haven't, as a human culture, we haven't been uh, educated in how to relate to that which is invisible. Mm. So does that make sense? So quantum yeah. thinking, that's how it is. Quantum think is a system of thinking that is based in the more accurate up-to-date current knowledge. 
at the edge of discovery today, these quantum principles. That's how they relate. Mm, wonderful. Um, do you agree that modern materialism strips people of the need to feel responsible for their own lives? Um, yeah, I think that it does because you don't understand these effects, these mind-to-mind and mind-to-matter effects. And because we're all conditioned to see things, you know, we see things as separate. So you think, oh, you know, they're over there fighting in the Middle East or they're over there, you know, starving or, you know, subjugating people in Africa. And you think that that has nothing to do with us. However, it does. I'm not saying, you know, we're here to save the world. We're here to be... I believe we're here to become masterful beings. Mm-hmm. We're here, all the great beings have said it, right? Christ, right. Buddha, I mean, you name it, and they have, this is what they're trying to say. You can do what I do and more. But it's been misinterpreted. So when you ask that question, has materialism, because if you just see the material dimension, you think you can just live in isolation, but you're always connected. You're always being affected. Hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Absolutely. Um, do you believe that society feels that it's better to be in mystery than to be in the know? Well, I don't know. I mean, I couldn't really say, answer that question for society. <laughs> but, you know, if you look at conditioning, I think that what you mean the ignorance is bliss kind of thing yes yes exactly <laughs> you know i it's again when you when you begin to awaken and i i look at it like this tony there are those of cuz we what we hold in reality is the reality so if we see you know one of the things that i've been on the you know the consciousness soapbox about mm-hmm. and you know i wrote this blog in the huffington post last year that went viral and it's called there's a new mainstream out there and you're probably part of it i call it the consciousness crowd it's people who want a new consciousness so even if you're not on a conscious path a metaphysician but everyone experiences that we want a better world we want to be happier. We want everybody to be happier. We want things to work better. And so when you say in the mystery, it's that, you know, the mysterious, of course, is part of the beauty of this, un, you know, this amazing life that is it forever mysterious? It's like we we can make up reasons. You know, there's God, there's this, this is how we got there, or the people that don't believe in God, or people that say the Buddha says the void. You know, all the different ways that we relate. And that's part of it. It's that ability to create, and based on your soul incarnation, how how you're, you know, born into relating through through this spiritual tradition or through that atheism or through this religion. And it's all of the above, the many faces of what we call God or source creator. And so there's that mystery, that mysteriousness, which is really the magic, the excitement, the beauty of life. And then there's the 
the mystery of like I think what you're saying, like I don't know, <laughs> right? right? I don't know, and I don't want to know. Is that what you're talking? Yeah, about? that they, their choice is to just be in mystery than to actually be in the know. You know what I mean? It, like yeah, but I just think that. Oh, I was going to say, I look at it like if you look at what we are all literally one, and I think I think of it like this: there are those of us who are awakening, as you say, in the know, mm-hmm. and know we're awakening. And then we can choose to further consciously awaken and evolve. And there are those of us who are awakening and don't know it. Because we're all evolving. Everybody's awakening. So as I wrote in Do You Quantum Thing, you know, what we're, you're going to evolve. What's it going to be? Conscious awakening or crisis awakening? Mm. And to a great extent, we've been living collectively in a lot of crisis awakening. Until we get to the point where we have this kind of knowledge where we say, well, wait a minute, <laughs> let's let's make a different choice here. Because I think, and I'd like to know what you think about it, that when we choose conscious awakening, when we choose conscious evolution as an intent for our life, that the crisis, the crises become less and less because you're proactively choosing always the higher state, the the evolution, or when the situation, it's not like we don't have circumstances. When the circumstances come up, we have a new way to relate to it so we don't get stuck and dragged down. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And, you know, the thing about it is that uh, for me, and I see if I can put this in words, what I'm trying to think or what I am thinking, um, that whenever you learn to quantum think or, or know better, that whenever things do happen, you don't, your reaction to it is different because you understand and you know, plus also you tend to react less by not creating unwanted drama because when it's all said and done, you begin to realize what's important and and what's not. In other words, the, the reaction is more important than the actual event. Um, what do you think of what I just said? Does oh, absolutely. Exactly brilliant. Uh, and, you know, you can look at it like getting a new relationship. I call it <laughs> making your mind your friend, right? Mm-hmm. Because by mind, I don't mean just the left brain cognitive click, click, click. I mean what we hold in awareness, what we hold in consciousness. And what you said is so true, Tony, because there are circumstances and then there's how we're related to the circumstances. And it's in that relationship where our power lies, where we can choose, as you said. So something comes up. And when you have the larger, the more cosmic perspective of things, the perspective of all perspective, that's one of the principles in quantum thinking, is that you can hold it all. And when you're in that clear state, you could say that's when we're in our transcendent state, or people call the higher self, mm-hmm. or that aspect of us that is an aspect of all that is, right? Mm-hmm. That we're in that unbounded awareness where we can watch what's going on and choose. And at the same time, we're in the imminent self 
which is the persona, the personality, the, you know, what this soul incarnation, who we are, all the roles we play in this, you know, you're Tony, I'm Diane, you're a man, I'm a woman, you live, where do you live? <laughs> I live in Tampa, Florida. Oh, you live in Tampa. Wait, we're in the same state. I'm in Miami. Oh. I'm Sunny Alice Beach, to be exact. <laughs> and so, you know, you look at all that, and, and the idea of quantum thinking is that you have the realization, as you just said, that you're both at the same time. So when you create a new relationship with your thinking as a whole, as a system that I talked about earlier, and your thoughts as they come, because a circumstance arises and then, as you said, you have your reaction. I had it today, for example. So it's, you know, I say mastery is a moment-by-moment proposition. It's not like you have to monitor every single thought when you're living in this, you know, whole new uh, framework for how you s- relate to the world, but what happened is I'm we're building a, a website, not me personally, but I hired someone mm-hmm. to build a website that will host our audio program, Quantum Think Audio Program, the ten distinctions, fundamental distinctions, the core distinctions of the twenty one, and um, my husband and I are partners. I don't. I don't know if I mentioned that, Alan Collins, Master Quantum. I think I did mention it. And so he's like in a hurry, like, let's get this done. Right. <laughs> you know, we re- really want to make this available and have an affiliate program and all this. Anyway, the, I hire this person. I'm very particular about, you know, how does something look and, how, and who am I working with? And I get this great web design firm and this person, and I really like him. We're really in sync. Gives the... He sends me the first draft of the site last night, and it was, I went into reaction. Just what you're talking about. I went, oh, I know. Oh, no, he didn't really get me. I thought he did, but maybe he didn't. Otherwise, he wouldn't have done this, and what am I going to do? And it was late at night, and Alan said to me, oh, well, look, don't even respond right now. Just, you know, let's go to sleep, and you'll wake up and... It, he says, I said, why are you telling me not to respond? He said, because you don't want to respond in a reactive moment. Good. So I was in what I call in quantum think a least action pathway, the most mechanical action, the least consciously awake action, the least creative action, right? Yeah. So when it it happens, but the when you're quantum thinking, what happens is you immediately shift. So as soon as he said, and you know, I do it on my own too, but as soon as he said, okay, you're in a reaction, I go, yeah, you're right. It's like, that's how life becomes. So it's not all a great, perfect panacea with, you know, lollipops and, you know, pink ice cream. It's that you see it immediately and you're in your higher awareness state. So you've already, I've developed... So what happened is then I thought, you're right, went to sleep, I woke up, I examined it again, and I see it from an entirely different perspective because one of the practices is how can we have this work? So when you're looking in this more cosmic perspective, instead of seeing an isolated incident like that and then throwing out, you know, saying, oh, no, I can't use this, I'll have to get somebody new, start it all over it's seeing it, you know, and Alan reflected it back to me. He said, just hold the intent 
that it's all working for the best, even though in this tiny moment it looks doesn't look good. And this is what happens also, Tony, in relationships, right? People get divorced over these things. Partnerships break up because one incident, and this is how the old world view taught us, without us knowing it, to see life in parts, in increments, instead of from the whole. When you see from the whole and you realize, oh, this is just one little argument with my husband. But the bigger commitment is that our marriage is working and we love our relationship. So this one little incident, even though, you know, we can't stand each other in that moment, we know we can shift out of that. What's the difference between ordinary thinking and quantum thinking? Ordinary thinking is drifting back and forth without a distinction for it. And so you're not actually in command of it. Mm. You don't have that kind of higher relationship with your own mind, the faculties of mind and how it works. I, I, I use the five, what I call the five natural faculties of mind, which we didn't learn in ordinary education. The power of intent, intuition, subtle energy, how to shift it, how to transmute it, how to work with it, tune into it, resonance, how to generate consciously resonant fields so that you're attracting what you want in life, not what you don't want, and meditation, which I consider a natural faculty of mind, not just a not only a practice. So these five natural faculties, when you're quantum thinking, you become masterful in utilizing those five natural faculties, which we all have, and how they work together so that you're living a masterful existence. Right. Uh, Talk about the uh, principles that could make it quick and easy for anyone to live the wisdom of science and spirituality. Well, the 21 principles, you know, I can't, I don't want to go through all of them. Right. We don't have time because I know we want to talk about other things. Mm -hmm. But I'll just give you the the sampling. We've been talking about some of them. And the very first principle is called holistic and holographic, which means holistic means that everything affects everything else. We live in a, a, a universe of whole systems interpenetrating one another. And when, and, uh, holographic, means that the whole is contained in every smaller aspect of itself. So just to use that as an example, and then I'll name some of the other principles, that the practice for it, which I call recreations, recreating the distinction in your life, is to see your life as one whole system so that, and the practice is to to getting complete. So a lot of times... You know, we think, oh, well, I'm good at work, but then when I get home, I get all frazzled. Or, you know, you, we, we've been conditioned to think of our life as in compartments, personal and professional, material and spiritual, labor and management, conservative and liberal, right? Mm-hmm. And we see life that way. But when you start to look at your own personal life, and this is to give yourself an experience of it as a whole, we have this practice where you make, it's called a completion and completion list, where you make a list of everything that is, it's not a to-do list, but it's a, it's a list where you're feeling incomplete. 
and the list will be finite. It's not unended. But, you know, a lot of times we, we live in like all these things that pass through your head, right? Oh, I have to go to the dentist or, you know, I didn't pay my daughter's tuition bill or, you know, I've got to do my taxes or I have to get more income or, you know, all these different things or I haven't communicated with my Aunt Molly in three months, you know. These things that nag at you, we would say we're incomplete with, and it creates, because we are energy fields, right? Mm -hmm. We're intelligent energy fields, conscious fields, quantum fields, let's call it, all of the above, that these fragmented energies, they they usurp, they take away our presence, our presence of mind. And when we're in our clearest state, no static on the radio of our being, is when we are in our most masterful state. All great accomplishment comes from when we're in that state where we have clarity and we're connected and we can hear, right? Mm -hmm. People say, spirit spoke to me. You can hear spirit or when you create your intent, you're getting that clear channel connection so that you're manifesting more quickly, whatever it is you want. So so when you look at this principle, holistic and holographic, that's just one personal way of looking at it. What happens is, and then I tell you in the book, you know, how to complete those things, the very all different ways that you can complete it, so that you are making your energy field more coherent, but when you you could look at this in many different ways, you know, we look at our businesses and sometimes we don't see how the totality of it fits together or how the whole of our life, we call it uh, a, the holographic vision for your life, where you look at instead of saying, well, what do I want to do next? It's like, what's my vision for myself? What's my vision for my significant other and me? What's my vision for my family, my community, my country, my world, the ideas that shape the world? And we have people, you know, when you start to look from whole systems, everything starts to work better. And just to go back to the very simple personal thing, when you get complete in and of in yourself by just putting those things on a list, you know, scheduling it into the future, that's another way of getting complete. Getting real about it, saying, you know what, I've had that goal for five years. I'm never going to do it. You know, I'm never going to get that coffee maker fixed. Right. <laughs> this happened to me the other day. I'm bringing up real examples. <laughs> so I'm just going to, you know, throw it out and get new one. So I'm not taking it to get it fixed. So things getting real. And then the other way, of course, is you could just do it. So there are many different ways of getting complete. And what happens, this is the most amazing thing. When people start to do this, everything shifts. It's like, because why? Life is holographic. A shift in one area has a field effect on everything. When you clear up, One relationship and get to a higher place in your communication in one relationship, it affects all your relationship. So it doesn't matter what is the one area you're working on. When you have the vision, the understanding, the realization, the awareness that life is holographic, Mm 
and you realize what I'm holding in me is affecting who I'm, you know, who I'm related to, what I'm related to. Right. So do you also think that uh, our thoughts create reality? Well, our thoughts do, you know, and I, I've, Given this, I've given this a lot of thought, as you can imagine. Here it comes through me, right? I'm I'm the vehicle for this. I didn't wake up one day and say, "Hey, I think I'll create a new system of thinking." <laughs> I mean, this just came. It was like, "What? Okay, I'll do it." You know, you get that silent tap on the shoulder, yeah. and you're just fo- and you're following the guidance, the higher guidance. But thoughts create reality. Uh, that there. And I, when I was saying, well, do we create the moon? You know, maybe in some dimensionality we do. But I do, let's just talk about it in an ordinary, everyday sense. That are we creating our own? We're 100, 1,000% creating our own experience of reality. So it's like this, through through our thoughts, Right. We have a thought because how we relate to the world is through language, through thought, expressed in language. We have a thought. The thought has meaning for us. Either we ascribe it thought or we're just picking up the meaning from whatever. We don't know where, but we have a thought. We give it meaning. And the meaning that we give to our thought gives rise to our experience, to our emotion about it, how we how we respond or react to that meaning. That is giving us our experience of life. And then when you look in the bigger sense of this, of resonance, how <clears throat> in science that everything happens through what they call sympathetic resonance you know, in the same frequency range. Mm-hmm. So you you are, and other people in, you know, common terms, they call this the law of attraction. I don't, I don't work with that term, but it's similar. But where you, what you resonate, you will attract. So when you, it all goes back to that mind is the basis. And how, and one of the main activities of mind is thinking. So when people say, no, get out of your mind and get into your heart, even to think about, to have that is a thought. So when I say it like this, your mind is your life and you are not your mind. Your mind is your life because whatever fills your mind, your thoughts, the meanings you give that thought, the response you have to that thought, that is giving you your experience of life right now. Whatever you have in mind right now as you're, as you're listening mm-hmm. is giving you your experience. And paradoxically, you are not your mind because that's always shifting and changes. But the one constant is that awareness with a capital A, that unbounded, free consciousness that awareness that can be that aspect of us who is aware of what is in our mind that transcendent self so your mind is your life and you are not your mind so do thoughts create reality yeah because when you look at that 
thought generates resonance, and resonance, what is in, in, in sympathetic resonance in the same frequency range, you'll attract. And, you know, it sounds technical, Tony, when we're talking about it now, mm-hmm. but we do it all the time because you walk into, you know, I always say this on every show, but you walk into a party, right? One corner, it's very simple. We're like a big sensing device, a multi-dimensional sensing device. We're so intelligent beyond and powerful beyond what we even realize. But when you start to realize these things and read, you know, the 21 principles or however you get to it, it's like, wow, this is great. And as you said very early in the conversation, it's so simple. So you walk into a room, you're at a party, You haven't quite walked in yet. One corner has a group of grumbling, complaining, you know, black cloud over their head people. Mm -hmm. The other corner has exuberant. They're laughing. They're having fun. You know, what are you going to be attracted to? And so you're, that depends on your mood, right? But let's say you're (laughs) going to hopefully be attracted to that happy, to that happy group. Not because you heard what they said. But you experienced an exchange of energy. You experienced it. And where does that happy energy come from? It starts, it begins in thought. And so when you wake up and you say, oh, bad hair day, you know, you wake up in the morning and you're in a grumble and you haven't started quantum thinking, so you haven't interrupted that grumbling thought and say, wait a minute, that's not how I want my, (laughs) I don't want my day to go like that. What's my intent for today? Oh, today is a glorious day. That's one of my favorite intents. I can't wait to see what unfolds. Right. Wow. You know, and I'm creating that not because it's the quote truth, not because it's circumstantially true, because as a quantum thinker, I know that reality is context-dependent. It's whatever context I choose to live from is what I'm going to be resonating, and that's what's going to show up. But on the other hand, if you're in the bad hair day, what happens is like, oh, I knew it. You know, you have one little minor calamity after another. It's like, I knew, and then you prove it with the evidence. You said, what's the difference between ordinary thinking and quantum thinking? This is it. Ordinary thinking is the circumstance. This is a real simple way of thinking of it, Tony. Mm -hmm. Ordinary thinking, you're a victim of circumstances. Circumstances could be good. They could be bad. If they're good, you feel good. If they're not good, you feel bad. That's ordinary thinking. Quantum thinking is you know yourself as the generator of your own creality, of your creality. Oh, that's a new word. That's your own reality. <laughs> reality and creativity. There you go. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Let's write that one down. Write that one down. That's a good term. Um, so let me ask you, because uh, I want to make sure I understand, is there a difference between ordinary thinking and mechanical thinking? Well, you know, this is, I think, uh, I've... <laughs> In the way that I use ordinary thinking, a lot of it is mechanical. And, you know, it's not to insult any of us, but you think at that stage in human development where it was called the industrial age, the mechanic, classical mechanical world view, mm. give 
rise to machines. So I say, like, you know, everything is interconnected. In many ways, we became mechanical, too, and it was good. You know, you look at it, science, you said, okay, let's try to organize this chaotic, you know, nature. So you came in, it gave rise to specialties, it gave rise to the disciplines of the sciences, because what did they do? They looked at the data, they assess the data, they organize the data, they categorize the data, and they made conclusions from the data. Now, so that you could create formulas. Now, the where we went awry is we started to live from those conclusions as if they were the absolute truth, when all it was is one conclusion based on a set of data. It's really literally relative. And so if you... But when you think of, in quantum thinking, again, it's not about science, but how the discoveries of science shape the way we think. So you think, well, if you have in your life a relationship, and let's say you're a significant other, and you think, oh, you know, he never listens. That's just the way he is. So remember, we exist in these relational fields. So you're holding in your own being, in the own, your own feeling tone of you, of mm-hmm. your resonance, you're holding that reality. Remember what Fred Allen Wolf said, there's no out there out there. It's all in us. You know, if you get angry, where does that anger live? You think you're directing it at somebody, maybe you are, but the anger resides in us, in you. And that's why this becomes very important, to become aware of your own self and get a new relationship with yourself as the creator of your own reality so that you can shift it when it's not working for you. So you have this conclusion you've reached, well, he doesn't listen. But it's not the absolute truth about anybody. Every human being is infinitely, can be any, can manifest any possible human trait or behavior. Mm. What manifests in many times depends on how we see them. Right. Or as I say, in the second quantum think distinction, observer-created reality, subtitled, what you bring is what you get. What you bring to your observation of a person, of a situation, of yourself, of what's possible for you, will shape what you get. And you can shift it. So mechanical, if you have a mechanical, you know, way of relating to someone or some situation in your life, it becomes automatic. Oh, he just is that way. How do you know? Well, because he was this way on that occasion and, you know, over the last five years. But when you're quantum thinking, again, this is the difference between ordinary thinking. If you're quantum thinking, you know the fundamental quantum principle, not my principle, mm-hmm. is there's no absolute fixed way that something is. Everything is energy in flux. It's always shifting and changing. Mm-hmm. Intelligent energy, conscious energy. And we have been divinely granted the privilege of being the focal point based on what we decide to focus on. That shifts reality. We can shift at any time. If you have, you know, this is what people say in the world, Tony. Oh, there'll always be wars. There'll always be people dying of hunger. Oh, the Middle East will never end that crisis, right? Mm-hmm. 
what people say. They get fixated on the circumstances and they lose the third principle of quantum think, infinite possibility. It doesn't have to be this way, even if it's been that way for 2,000 years. Hmm. We have the opportunity and the capability to shift it. This is Tony Valen, host of Healing From Within. You can contact me, Tony, at TonyValen.com, or visit our website, HealingFromWithin.net. Follow the show on Twitter, at TVHFW. The show is also available on iTunes and YouTube. Just search Healing From Within with Tony Valen or look for the Tony Valen channel on YouTube. We're talking to our guest, Diane Collins. Diane is an original thinker, media personality, visionary, creator of Quantum Think, leading authority in New World View Thinking, author of the six-time award-winning bestseller, Do You Quantum Think? You can learn more about Diane Collins by going to diannecollins.com, like Do You Quantum Think on Facebook, and follow at Diane Collins on Twitter. Diane, I really want to thank you for being on the show and telling us all about your book. Thank you so much. Many blessings to you and everyone. Lots of love. Well, thank you. I also want to, on a a side note, I want to thank Kelly, my uh, production assistant, for helping me uh, go through the book and, and going back and forth with all the questions. It was really with her help that I was able to do this. You are listening to Healing from Within with Tony Valen here on Blog Talk Radio, airing Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central. Visit our website, healingfromwithin.net. Contact me directly, Tony at TonyValen.com. Please follow the show on Twitter at TVHFW. The show is also available on iTunes and YouTube. Just search Healing from Within with Tony Valen or look for the Tony Valen channel on YouTube. Thank you so much and love and light from all of us here at Healing from Within. 